Hey everyone, Haik Tadevosan here. Welcome to the Power of Mindset podcast. Uh, in this episode, I want to talk about a relationship piece. Uh, something I was uh, reading through the book. Um, in chapter eight, I discuss some lessons from my life and specifics relationship types, different type of people in our lives. And I want to read you guys a couple of different things from the book. And I want to give you an example of something that happened unintentionally because when you align yourself with the right relationships, Sometimes what happens is the right person says the right thing to you at the right time, and it changes everything. I'll give you guys a story about that in just a few minutes. Um, one of the things in chapter eight, I call this chapter self-attraction, the attract the right people and the right advice. And sometimes it isn't necessarily them giving you advice. It's it's them saying the right thing at the right time to the right person, which is which is you. And uh, in this chapter, I kind of break down the saying, you don't attract what you want, but you attract what you are. So be careful what you become and also fake it until you make it. So if you don't like what you're attracting, start trying to intentionally seek out the people that you want to be more like or be more around because be careful when you do, you just might join them. But if they make you really uncomfortable, you actually will be pushed away. So one of the pieces uh, I had goals, um, you know, five goals within this chapter. First one is know how to utilize your relationships to their fullest, discern who is good for you and who is bad for you. Know who to avoid in order to fully be yourself. Know what to approach for advice and when. That's a big one, when. Timing is important depending on what phase of, phase of life you're in. Uh, so be self-aware of when to ask for advice as well and who to ask. Understand why certain advice and implementation of advice works or fails. So this chapter talks a lot about that specific piece. And I have examples in here as well. An example story I'll give you now, it's not in the book because... A lot of stuff happened to me after I published, which makes me want to go back and write a second version or re-edit and fix, but don't have the time. I'll get to it, but the stories in here are, are all solid. So there's, um, I should identify certain type of people as far, and I call them names. Interesting names to keep it interesting, but generally speaking, I have come to see that there's three different types of people as far as who they surround us. And if you think about a good way to memorize that, if you look at a um, the three types of people that surround you, kind of like a... I have an illustration of a of a of an atom, right? Which, if you think over here, it says um, the th three different types of people are the the positive, negative, and the neutral, right? So think of yourself as an atom. You have protons, the positive force; electrons, the negative force; and the neutron, the negative force. So, as in, you will have those three types of people. Some of those who only see the positive in you, no matter what, they inspire you, they push you, they motivate you. So, those are the type of people to seek out, keep around you, but also not to let them make you get full of yourself. So, stay modest and humble. Uh, those who see the negative in you, it's almost like no matter what I do, I just cannot please this person. So, identify that person and learn that I don't care what you do. It's not that you're not good enough. The problem is them, not you. And then there are neutral people. Still learning how to deal with those, to be honest. But there's always going to be the neutral. They don't see the positive or the negative. Then they don't really know what they want. Again, the issue is usually with them. Not you. And I'm hoping that's not you. Because if that's you, just read the book and maybe reach out to me. We'll talk. So some of the common electrons, the negative people in your life. And this is something I've gathered through experiencing these relationships in my life. And these are the people I tend to talk about a lot that avoid. Avoid them, right? They're going to make you worse. They're going to dole up your knife, right? They're going to cause issues, right? They're going to get on the way. They're going to tell you to stop dreaming. They're going to tell you you can't. Um, 
But it also depends who says it. Because if the right person says you can't, actually, that's the right person saying it and depends who they are. Um, I'll get to that story in just a minute. But these are the people to kind of avoid. So first one is I call this one the involuntarily constructive critique person. As in, no matter what, they're going to try to give you advice. And they will put you down. They'll make you feel bad about your dreams and goals. You know, yeah, there's people you tend to lack compliments themselves. So often they try to want to give you unwanted advice. There's nothing wrong with that, but in reality, I'm not saying avoid that person. But if you want to deal with them properly, maybe give them some compliments. Typically, words of affirmation is their language. So you might want to just compliment their way away, not to make you feel bad about your goals and dreams. So there's that person. There's another one. I call this one the con consistent victim nagger. You always notice there's people in our lives that are always victims, either about the past or about the government. A lot of things that they have no control over, right? Which goes back to one of my favorite sayings. To live in fears, to live in the future, to live in regrets, to live in the past, to live happily, to live in the moment. This person is usually not happy because they're either nagging, complaining about the crap that happened in the past. They're victimizing their stories or they're afraid about the stuff that's not going to happen. Did you see on the news, the government made this thing. It's going to change our taxes. It's going to make sure we do this and that. And it's all oh, the system is against us. They're always nagging about something and they're very disruptive, right? There's just... They're always nagging. It's it's not a good thing to have around you. Yeah, you might have a family member that you don't really choose. And some friends you might have inherited because you've been friends with them. They became naggers with time. Keep an eye out on these people. They can impact you adversely. The wet blanket. Um, the automatic pessimist. You can kind of use this person. Maybe if you're the type of person that's too optimistic, run ideas by them. They might actually give you a perspective that you might need because if you are self-aware enough, and you're picking two different paths of a decision you want to make in your life. And, you know, they both sound a little too optimistic. And if you are the person who gets themselves in trouble by being too optimistic, which means you're not really realistic, you could be ignorant sometimes too. Optimism is something you have to really learn to work with. Yeah, this is a person that might be always looking for pessimism, but let them sometimes criticize. So negative people can be used to your advantage as well. So, but the wet blanket is a real deal. These are the people that will always find a pessimism no matter what you do. So sometimes be careful not to listen to them too much. Use them. Don't abuse them. Um, the train. Loud, obnoxious. Call them trains because I've actually had this in the business too where always got the latest and greatest story, shiny coin, the new job, new commitment, new idea. They're never really good at anything. As in, you can never be good at anything new. It's just how it works. You get good at things that you do for a long period of time. Uh, but this person is a train. It's a locomotive train. It can knock you off your feet. It can steer you away from your goals because this sounds like what they're doing is more fun. In reality, they're just trying to make up a hole in their heart. So just be careful not to let somebody else's latest, greatest, shiny coin, the next commitment, the next business throw you off. So if you can recognize this person, just know they're kind of testing you. In reality, they don't know how to stick to things and they can get you away from a good commitment, good long-term commitment. The gossip, uh, these are the people you cannot share anything deep with because they find joy and they strive off sharing something that's secretive, something that's going to cause drama, right? So you have to be very careful. You can never really have deep, meaningful relationship with these people because you cannot open up too much because as soon as you do, people that should know, now they know because this person goes around spreading rumors and typically they will spread rumors. So be careful with the gossip. Don't share too many things with them. You can manage them, but don't talk too deep on things that you wanted to be held on need-to-know basis. Uh, the obsessive controller. There are people that, are, again, same thing. They need everything under control, typically perfectionists. 
And I always say that perfection is the lowest standard you can set yourself. It's almost like saying I'm okay to be disappointed all the time. In reality, they're expecting things to go the way that they're supposed to. And when they don't, they hang on to it too much. They're very fear-driven. They're afraid of things. They want control due to fear. And they're really not that present. A lot of these people actually underutilize opportunities, which come from the moment. Going back to my quote that I mentioned, to live in future is to live in fear, to live in regrets, live in the past, to live happily is to be in the moment. They are very not in the moment. So it's very difficult for them to find opportunities. And you might be the person that might help them out. It's like, calm down. 98% of the crap you're afraid of is not going to happen. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. Yesterday, you were worried about today. You're okay today. And all the worries you've had yesterday made you lose a couple of good opportunities, a couple of good conversations you could have had, a couple of happy, good, deep breaths that you avoided because all you're doing is heavily breathing and worrying about the stuff that's not going to happen. So be, be careful about people who are control freaks. They will sometimes give you anxiety too. So if they do, it's okay. That's just the way they are. Tell them everything's going to be okay. Uh, the backstabber. Yeah, this is a um, kind of self-explanatory. Um, also, be careful what you share with them because they will take your... They will take what you say and how you say it, eventually come and like just stab you in the back. Um, you can think of people in your life, they are like this. And I usually say, if you notice somebody can betray you, you can't trust them. You cannot have a relationship with them. For the backstabbers, I say, if you have a backstabber in your life, stop trying to make it work, just move on. Uh, the active volcano. This is the short-tempered, judgmental, hypocrite in your life that it's very hard to get along with. Like you're walking on eggshells as in, are they going to erupt today? Are they not? It's literally walking around a volcano that might erupt because you stepped on the wrong rock, right? So it's really hard to feel at comfort when you can't really have meaningful conversation with somebody. You can't criticize them. You can't call them out because they get defensive and they attack. And often it's a psychological problem with them because often biologically we're, we're built to think that the best defense is attack. And yeah, that might work well in war. It does not work well in relationships. So these volcanoes have difficulty having long-term relationships because it's only one time they have to erupt and a normal person says, I never want to be around this person ever again. Um, so, it, but they're manageable. They're not bad people. I'm just saying, if you can learn to talk to them more, make them calm down, you know, don't take the, these things too seriously. Typically judgmental people. Uh, the limitless absorbing sponge. These are the people you can never give enough to. You just keep giving, right? They're not bad people. They're selfish, but they just keep absorbing everything from you. And they almost need you because you've got the energy to give. They'll take as much as you give. Um, not bad people. They're not doing this intentionally, but they almost lack things in life. And if you're providing it for them, you might be the light that they need. So if you notice somebody who doesn't give back, I'm not saying don't give. Don't change who you are. Be a giver if you are, but maybe give to these less because to them, if you stop, they're not going to think of you as a traitor or not. In reality, even little you give to them, it's still great because a lot of people stop giving to them. Right? They might even borrow money and never give it back to you, but it's okay. Forgive and move on. Uh, give less. Don't loan them money. And then there's the enemy. Oh, this is a big one. That person that no matter what, you say one thing, you, you, know, you bend something, you forget something, you don't show up one time, they will use that one thing, that little sleeve of an issue, might be a thick sleeve, 
and it will blow it up to to be so wide and so big that it actually blinds them. It gets rid of the peripheral vision. So everywhere they look, they can just see the thing you did. So you're the enemy, right? So these people have some kind of a trauma, childhood trauma where somebody betrayed them, their father, their mom, family member, when they're young, something bad happened where they remember like this person's against me. So when anything happens, there's nothing to do with them, but it kind of attaches to them as far as a negative interaction. They built an enemy wall in their head thinking you're the enemy, right? So it's a great to recognize these people, compliment them, let them know just they're they're good. They're not necessarily, but there's some of them who are really difficult to deal with. You just have to draw the line. If this is an enemy person that always going to see the worst in me when I mess up, which by the way, I'm not perfect. I am going to do things that you might not like. If they're difficult to deal with, they're not open to coaching, like avoid them. They're just going to always find the worst in you. And you might just start believing how much they believe, how much they believe that you're the enemy. But if they're coachable, they're open, you might be the hope that they need to change. So uh, that's an interesting one. And um, just get better finding those personality types. And in this chapter, I try to help people identify those my way. Um, then I want to actually share a little bit about the good relationships. And I'll go into that story I was mentioning. So the common proton, so the positive people in your life. These are the people that will help you. They'll tell you what you need to hear. They might offend you the right way. They'll push you. They are the people when you find and you seek out, keep them. At least these are the people that I've I've tried to maintain around me by actually trying to keep them versus not, not neutrally it doesn't happen. It has to be effort. The protons have to be positive effort uh, to maintain those relationships. The sunshine. This person's always in good mood, which is absolutely a rare person because most people are leaning towards the negative. When you deal with the sunshine type of people, when you find people who are always smiling, I have, I have actually a couple of people that work in this office, they just, they just put you in good mood. What's wrong with good mood? Like you find somebody who always puts you in a good mood, great. But also sometimes they're, they have their weaknesses too. They might not allow you to see past some you know realistic thinking. So be careful not to have them support an idea that you are doubtful of. Sometimes you want to pull the negative friends in and evaluate, right? Because these persons will just, They'll make you feel good about no matter what, but they're important people to have. They're rare, positive, like always smiling. The vault. So this is the person that when you want somebody to share deep relationship, deep business, money, whatever, tax, stuff that you don't want to share, but you got to get off your shoulders. If you got that one peer that you can share anything with, typically you build really good long-term relationships with these ones. They are very good at keeping secrets. You have no problem of like just maybe grabbing a drink or coffee or alcohol, having a cigar, and you just vent to these people and maybe even rent a little bit. The protector, this is the one that you feel very secure around. This is the one that's going to be, you're going to feel secure around them, right? So you hang out with them. You're naturally drawn to spend more time with them because you feel like this, this person's going to take care of me if something happens. You think of them when there's a problem. Like we got to go handle some business and their thing is like, okay, which car are we taking, right? So that's the that's a, that's another an important person in your life you want to keep around. The flashlight. So this is a, a typically a wise person that you tend to think about when you need somebody to shed a light on something that you're kind of confused about, right? Somebody smarter, more successful than you, they tend to point out the, you know, that again, you don't see a, a subject clearly, it's dark, they'll help you see the see it better, which kind of brings me to the next one, the owl. This is the intelligent person. This is the one that you want to talk to before you make commitments. You know, that saying, don't make any decisions when you're angry or hungry, or don't make any commitments when you're happy. Get good at using the owl because owl is very wise, typically older, and they've got a lot of life experience. Some of them have gone through 
successful and failed businesses and marriages and relationships, they've been around the block. They're learned not to be biased and emotional because we tend to be biased and emotional when we make decisions and commitments, right? So find this person because they'll give you a non-biased advice. They'll give you the logic you need to make the right decision. So have an owl in your life. And this might not be somebody you talk to all the time. Might not be your best friend, but they're your mentor. They're the owl. The ruler. This is the straight shooter, right? This is like, hey, how do I look? Ugly, right? They'll tell you as it is. If you can figure that out, again, we have people in the office like that too. It's like, they don't mean any harm. They're just telling you the truth. Their job is not to be nice or to be liked. They want to be respected and they want to be honest. Rulers are usually very honest, straightforward. My wife is a ruler. It's, a, it's definitely a blessing. It does offend me once in a while. But again, if my wife only told me what I wanted to hear, uh, we wouldn't be here today. The heavy hitter. So this is the person you call when you want to get motivated to commit to the marathon or work out together, to commit to something that you lack in courage. They're usually not afraid of anything. Like this is the person you think about, I'm afraid, who do I call? You call the person who's going to uplift you, motivate you, pump you up, and they're going to be like, we're going to do this challenge. I'll join you. I, in many ways, I think that's me for a lot of my friends. They call me with an ambitious idea. I'm there with them. Uh, the innovator. This is a person that they have good intentions. Um, they admire you and they always think of you when they have a big idea. They want to make a difference. They want to start a business and they just want to draw you in. So they see the good in you. It's a good person to keep around. And what, sometimes they might give you an idea. They might not do something with you. Typically, they're fear-driven. They don't execute on their own, but they're going to do it with you. And it's important to have somebody that sees these things in you. And also, they might, again, give you the idea for that answer you've been looking for without knowing because they might tell you the right thing at the right time to the right person. Um, again, I, I can talk a little bit about the neutrons, but these are the people that make not really big, significant difference in your life. Um, you can actually help them out. You know, Some of these people actually need the inspiration, positivity if you are that person. Um, so let me tell you the story about I wanted to lead to. And this is a story about the right person saying the right thing at the right time to me. And I remember this is when I had committed to run Boston Marathon. And I was at track practice on Tuesday. This is when I was really training for Ironman. Um, and I was trying to just, I'm going to give my best no matter what. And I remember about, about six months or so, or five months from that, that date, it was perfect because I could have done um, Boston Marathon and then I would have gone out of that and done the Ironman race. And I remember I was talking to my coach and we had a bunch of you know people at the, at the track practice. And I said... Coach, what do you think if I try to do this Boston qualifier? I'll qualify, I'll do the Ironman, and I'll have a couple of other races and half marathon, whatever. And then year after that, we can go to Boston. And I'm having this conversation with my coach, like, well, we can train for it. You know, you can be, he's being supportive, Coach Paul. And then there's a guy sitting on the grass tying up his shoes, Andre. As a matter of fact, I'm having an interview with Andre in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to start off that interview with this story. And he says, no, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it, he said, no, no, you you need a little bit more time, probably not the year of training. You know, you're kind of like maxed out on your talent. It's going to take a long time to shave off the time. It was like four or five minutes off my marathon time, which at the point I was literally maxed out on my time. I was running. I was running like a three hour and eight, nine minute marathon. I had to be below 305. Um, he, in my mind, I'm thinking like, who the hell does he think he is? Who is this guy? Like, I mean, he's one of the assistant coaches. Anyway, finished track day. And I remember within a few, few weeks, our head coach, Rocky, 
he gets an invite from Norseman. Norseman Extreme Triathlon is like the ultimate pinnacle, like compliment to any triathlete to get an invite. It's in Norway. They literally drag you on a ferry in the ice cold water. You probably still see icebergs in this water. They hold you down on the ferry. I don't know if it's three or four in the morning. I'll get details from Andre when I interview him in a couple of weeks. Um, they hold you down so you don't hyperventilate. Your body gets used to the cold. You're wearing full sleeve, wetsuit, freezing cold. They dump you in the in this freezing water and you swim 2.4 miles. Then you got a 112 mile bike. After that, it's a full Ironman distance. There is a marathon that I believe the first half is pretty flat. The second half, you're going uphill in the last like five, six miles. You're literally climbing a mountain. And if you're lucky to finish this, you get a black t-shirt that says finisher. That's it. No medals. You get no support crew. You bring your own people, people driving next to you. Like you have to set this whole thing up. It's one of the reasons why it's so tough because even some pro athletes have showed up and not finished. Pro triathletes. So of course, Rocky says lifetime achievement honor. I get to go do Norseman. Um, and Rocky is the guy that actually has won full distance triathlons. He won first place one time at uh, I think it was called uh, Hawaii Man. I can't remember what it was, a full distance triathlon. Legend, legend. I mean, he just, I've, maybe he's done 100 triathlons or Ironman races, who knows? And he does really well, typically. He's our head coach. Anyway, he gets the invite, he goes, he does really well. I think comes in like 50th or something. Now, thousands of people apply, and usually it's invite only. About two to 250 people get to honor to go to Norseman, and Rocky did really well. Where am I going with this? I remember when I saw the link where about the race, I read about it, which I'm like, this is crazy. Like, wow. Andre's name came up. Looked his stats. Because apparently he did Norseman two years before that. Looked at his results. Number 10. Finished 10th. Can't wait to talk more about this when I get him on the call. At that time, I was thinking to myself, my initial response, who does he think he has to doubt me? Meant nothing. Like, oh, my pride kicked in, you know. And then, I'm like, man, this guy has put in the work. He's done everything. He showed up and beat pro athletes, and he's not even doing this as a full-time job. It's it's an obsession of his. He's an engineer. Insane. I had developed this level of respect because I know how much work it was. I was putting in 15-hour training weeks sometimes just to just to be able to like try to do a sub-five-hour 70.3, which is decent. I was finishing in top 6% of Ironman, which is pretty nice for somebody at 215 pounds. This guy shows up to something that most Ironman can't even qualify around the world. Pro athletes can't finish. Goes and finishes 10th out of, what, 250 people that were lucky enough to go. In my head, I'm thinking, this guy's the man. He doubts me. But he messed with the wrong dude. I lost sleep over what he said. I'm like, man, I admire him so much for what he's able to have been accomplished. And due to his comment, I was pushing harder than I should have. I was... Actually, I would pause my watch and so my coach doesn't know at the end of each workout if he gave me when I was training for Boston because Andre said I can't <laughs> and I would run an extra mile. I would go way too hard. I didn't want the coach to see. That's why I would pause my watch because it's reporting data to training peaks. Long story short, got in there, qualified. And just recently, I actually called Andre. I'm like, Andre, I don't know what you, I don't know if you know what you did, but I owe to tell you, you inspired me and pissed me off and frustrated me. I'm interviewing you. So long story short, where am I going with this? I deliberately got out of my way to see if I can join what's the most badass triathlon team in our state. Found him. I got around. And I didn't go to a few practices and quit because a lot of people do, by the way. They commit because it sounds cool. They see it's a lot of work. They stop. And my thing was like, I'm just going to show up. I kept showing up. And when I committed to Boston, I, I think, again, I didn't control if I was going to qualify or not. But I didn't know I could control my effort, which means I'm not going to skip a single workout my coach assigned. I didn't skip a single one. 
if he finds this out, he'll be pissed, but I would do more than what he would tell me. He just wouldn't track my watch at the end of each workout he gave me, whether if it was the intervals or whether if it was uh, the 20 mile run, I would just pause and I would do an extra mile hard, which is probably why I got injured at Boston. Um, during track Tuesdays, you're supposed to show up, run a mile, warm up and then do intervals. I would show up an hour early and do a six mile run before practice. That was probably another big no-no why I got injured. And I'm also going to reference my, one of my favorite Einstein quotes is dumb people don't learn anything. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Geniuses learn from other people's mistakes. And I'm not a genius. I have to make mistakes to learn. I'm not dumb. Um, I learn, but I'm not a genius. So unfortunately, I made the mistake of do more than what your coach tells you. But if you got a legit coach, you only do what they tell you. And if you do want to do more, ask for permission. Don't ask for forgiveness because me asking for forgiveness from my coach cost me six months of not training which is why I kind of got out of shape. Now I got back into it and I just contacted my coach to help me train for a sub three hour marathon next year. So which should be about four minutes and 30 seconds quicker than the qualifier I did. So where am I going with this? When you find some of these people that do inspire you in, in indirect ways, they don't even know they're doing it. What they stands for, who they are, their work ethic, their thought process. You want to be more like them. Fight to keep them around. Because I almost walked away from the team and the other day, I'm like, I can't. I, I, I'm i going to continue doing this because I love getting around these guys. I love the Tuesday track practices. I love having my coach give me assignments. Yeah, I might not have the time I did before the train because COVID really slowed things down at all the time in the world. But you know what? We all have 24 hours a day. We choose how much we do with it. So we just have to waste less time. And all the great stories I have that I'm sharing with you to inspire you guys, to give you some discipline, to give you some hope. None of it comes from any of the easy paths I've taken. It's always been the more difficult thing. And I had to make a decision now, next year, right? It's easier because I kind of like told my coach, no more triathlons. I don't have time. Business got busy. The consulting got busy. This this is busy. The book has gotten really busy um, with the speaking and the interviews. But I choose the harder path. Next year, yes, I'm going to shoot for that goal, which gets me back plugged into some of the people. And it's only a matter of time until one of them says the right thing to the right person at the right time the right thing to the right person at the right time. And think about who are those people in your life and what are you doing to intentionally keep them close because unintentionally, indirectly, they're not in your life. You have to seek them out, keep them close and let them push you indirectly. They don't know they're doing it, but trust me, the right person will give you the right message at the right time. Cheers.